out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hear Me Out. My name's RJ. My name's Blay, and this is the podcast where two best friends, RJ and myself, try to become better friends by convincing each other to like one another's hobbies. Every week we have a new uh, a hobby or obsession and we uh, we donate to a charity. If I can if RJ convinces me of his, to like his hobby, I will donate to the charity. And if uh, if I'm not convinced, then he's going to donate to the charity. RJ, what is our charity we're donating to this week? Today's charity is the Honold Foundation. Uh, they Ooh. support solar energy access for everyone everywhere. No matter that. who you are, they believe that energy should be clean, easy to access, and affordable. If you uh, guys want to give to the Honold Foundation, you can go to honoldfoundation.org slash donate. I feel like I'm going to probably be donating either way because that's a great charity. I yeah, love that. Cool. And uh, yeah, energy. clean energy. Yeah, I believe right. in that, man. It's the sun. It's shining on us all the time, especially here in <laughs> exactly. LA. I can't get rid of it. I know. It's, it's like good. 80 degrees right now. It's I know. It's very hot. It's way too hot for, yeah. <laughs> what is this, January? Uh, so RJ, I, so you know, uh, you're going to try to, what's you're going to try to convince you of today and who did you bring along? To all right. So case? it's not really a hobby as much as it is an obsession. I love the weather. I Oh, recently, really? I, How I many do. weather apps do you have on your phone? A lot. I have like 11 weather apps on my phone. That's not exaggeration. crazy. Really is uh, I actually just enrolled in a class for fun <laughs> called the uh, Fundamentals in Wilderness Meteorology. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Uh, and today's guest... We're so excited is Dr. Harold Brooks. Uh, he's a meteorologist, does all sorts of stuff. He specializes in uh, tornado climatology. Is that right? That's, One of your that's specialties. What I'm told, yes. <laughs> Welcome. Thank Dr. you so Brooks. much for coming. I'm glad to be here. I think. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Briggs, explain, explain a little bit about uh, your job. It sounds fascinating. It kind of explain to the, our audience what you do. Well, I, I'm a research scientist. Uh, and so I try to understand how the world works and how people make decisions is the other part of, of what I do. Cool. Uh, the, the where, why, and when of severe thunderstorms and tornadoes primarily, and then how we can forecast them and how people, uh, how, we, how we create those forecasts and how people can use those forecasts to make better decisions. Ooh, I love it. So, so in the in the medieval times, it would be like looking at the birds and maybe uh, feeling the soil. But now we actually have technology to help us. With we real... have technology. We don't want to ignore the birds, but we do have technology. <laughs> okay. <yes. laughs> uh, birds, mess, birds mess up radar sometimes. Because is that true? Flying. Yeah, because you see, you, you actually can see birds migrating on, on radars, on Doppler radars. What? Uh, and that's actually used by, by biologists to actually track bird movements. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Look at that. I, why you bring up uh, before we get into the argument of Blay and I should be storm chasers. Uh, I think uh, you bring up radar. I, I've always wanted to ask a meteorologist this question, and it's a stupid question. So I really apologize. Well, but remember, on, remember, there are no stupid questions. Well, you have, a lot of, you have you have heard RJ's question. Hang on. Let me finish. There are a lot of inquisitive idiots. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say stupid people asking oh. questions is me. Uh, so when you when we watch the news and we watch the weather and there's a radar, what, how come we can't see the other things that radar picks up? Or is it just a totally different type of radar? Like, how come we can't see planes or like or big other things? Because the, the radars that we'll see for weather radars are, are, are tuned. The frequency they're tuned to 
uh, says we don't actually see those objects. Okay. And then oh. that's a, you know, there are there are ways that uh, the, that other radars or even radars that could conceivably use for weather that could actually do multiple things. But you essentially are looking at how how long the 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 little wavelength of the radar is, and so planes for ordinary radar look so large that they just don't appear. Uh, wow. And and so we're because we're trying to focus on seeing small things with it. That cool. is fascinating. That's I'm awesome. reminded why I became a comedian and <laughs> couldn't cut it in, in science. That's so cool. That's a, I, I have to say, how does how did you get started in, uh, along this path? When did you kind of find that you this is something that you love to do? Uh, well, I'm. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are the that have the stories of watching storms from when they were five years old, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And, that and that's not my story. Uh, I, you know, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, so storms are a significant part in the in the in the spring and summertime that we care about. And when I was in college, uh, as a sophomore, um, there was a a tornado that went through the edge of the town. Whoa! That that uh, very edge of the town that where the college was, and actually. One of those fine moments. I was actually walking on campus at the time, uh, over to the dorm. Uh, we were. I, 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 the storm was away. Was enough away from us that you couldn't, you know, that it wasn't coming towards me. But uh, they apparently they had told everybody in our in the in the men's dorm to, you know, go to the basement, and forgot the fact that there were actually doors out from the basement. And so everybody went down <laughs> to the basement and then went outside and were sitting on the back of the hill oh, no. watching the storm. I was like. <laughs> Oh my God! This is this is good, uh, but uh, no. But <laughs> then I I, I I was physics and math undergraduate, mm-hmm. uh, and I had a chance to do a. I was looking around for a summer program that a lot of people do before your senior year to, as a research thing. As sort of this is how you're going to see if you like doing research full time, and a program that a, a student several years before me had gone to at the Goddard Institute for Space Studies in Columbia University in New York wow. uh, that. It helped him, and then our our department chair said, "You really ought to apply there." And it was a summer institute on planets and climate. Awesome. And I actually went there, and I modeled. I ran computer models of the last ice age climate. Whoa! Uh, what? They invited me to come back to graduate school. And I was like, "Cool, I'll, you know that that's not, that's a pretty good deal." I I'd yeah. applied several places, and I was going, "Okay, that'll be this is you know, I know these people and all that." And so I went I went there, and I actually I actually did stuff not. Not all that weather related. Uh, I mean, climate scale stuff with uh, how the aerosols that volcanoes put out travel around in the upper atmosphere. Wow. Uh, so things like Krakatoa cool. and Tambora and those kinds of things that, that, that cool the planet. That's what I did for my master's degree. And for a lot of reasons, I was ready to leave New York at the end of, at, at the end of my master's degree. And there just happened to be an opportunity to go to the University of Illinois. And I'm didn't really know that much about the program there, but the uh, by far the best person in the world for doing computer modeling of, of severe thunderstorms was there and asked me to work with him. And so I started modeling severe thunderstorms and the, and the question of why some storms make tornadoes or don't make tornadoes. Had a chance to go to a meeting. The other big coincidence was I got a chance to go to a meeting uh, because I did thunder, the thunderstorm stuff in, in Canada, actually. With Whoa. forecasters that were, they were trying to improve their way they did their summer severe weather forecasting. And a, a guy from the Severe Storms Lab was there and was impressed by the fact that I was available to talk to forecasters. Because forecasters, it's a different world forecasting than doing research. 
Sure. Yeah. And he uh, he met me. I was back at another meet at a at a conference. Just happened to be at a conference the next month with him, and he he said, you know, you really ought to before you go get your faculty job, come down to the lab and do a postdoc. And that was. <laughs> You know, thirty wow. years ago, and I haven't wow. left yet. And wow. so, yeah, it was, I kind of stumbled so into it. Yeah, you know. that's so cool. What are what are some uh, advancements just in the past, you know, ten years or so that have really, you know, made your job easier and or more fascinating? Like, well, are, I, there, there are advancements that have probably made our job harder. <laughs> okay, like ways, what? You know, in like, some ways, you know, because we we we. I think one of the big things that's happened is that uh, is that we're now able to model. Do, and I don't do computer modeling anymore mm-hmm. uh, on that of, of that kind of computer modeling. But the models now are higher resolution. We run uh, large numbers of them at one time. Whoa, so that cool. now now our when I started in graduate school uh, or for my PhD, uh, the the grid the size of a grid on the on the model we use to forecast weather over the next forty eight hours was about 180 kilometers, so a little over 100 miles on a side. Okay. okay. Uh, we now can run with not a whole lot of problem models that are, uh, you know, three kilometers on a side. And Jesus. we can, instead of just running one of them, we can run 10 of them or more, 30 of them. Wow. And so we have a lot more data. Uh, yeah. we, we can start to look at uncertainty uh, a lot better than we used to be able to. Yeah. And that's for what I do, especially with trying to look at, at the use of forecast for decisions that in some ways makes things harder. Uh, right. Yeah. It and we're like it's actually more complicated. It's more complicated. But we're also trying now to understand, we're trying to actually make forecasts that, that are, are useful. Right. Sure. Uh, and that people, and that, and we're, we're very concerned as a field about how can we, how can we provide you information that will allow you to make either more informed or better decisions. Right. Uh, and that's, not necessarily just making the computer model better. That involves you know, something as simple as how do we display the information? How do we convey the information to you? Do, do we convey the, okay, the two of you, apparently one of you likes weather a lot and one of you is not quite so enthusiastic. Correct. Um, how we, you know, you might, for the, you might actually look at the same map of a forecast and see very different things because right. of your, of your what you what you've already done in your in your life and how you look at it, how wow. do we actually ha- produce products that are useful to both of you? Right. Yeah. And that's not easy. That's that that's that's a hard right. thing. I it's see weird. any radar and it immediately grabs my attention. Whereas something for Blay, you know, if if there's something that he needs to know that's gonna, you know, there's something dangerous coming his way, you have to also be able to get his attention. It, exactly. Be, I mean, I think yeah. about you know my next door neighbor, your retired lady, you know what. You know, she clearly has who actually does a lot of yard work outside. So she actually cares whether it rains or not a lot. Sure. On any given day. Whereas I, I sit inside almost all day. Right. You know, as long as it's not raining during those few minutes I go out, I don't, you know, that's fine for most, for most <laughs> days of the year. Yeah. Whereas for her, that's a big deal if it's, if it's raining or not raining or going to rain. Yeah. Right. That's true. It's, it's interesting. It's kind of like, it almost sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, where it's, all of this technology and, and all of this this knowledge that that you and and everyone in your field has is now kind of butting up against like almost human nature, and that it's almost sociological in a in a certain way. Which is absolutely, yeah. I, I do a lot. I actually do a lot of uh, a lot of interactions with social scientists. Cool, that's um, awesome. And and a lot of it comes down to I, I the one of the big problems I, I 
I care about a lot is decision making under uncertainty. Mm. And so love that. How do we how do we describe what we know and what we don't know in a way that you can make that people can make decisions and the and the tornado warning problem is is perfect for that because the warning forecaster who's making the decision I'm going to put a warning out or not he frequently he or she frequently has uncertainty but sure. they have to make a decision uh, the emergency manager the television broadcaster that's going to communicate that to people has the same problem and then the end user and I'm really interested in that problem and they have to do this quickly sure. and there are consequences if they're wrong uh, and it's it's different than yeah. a lot of other fields with where we have this rapid time response in that there's an end user who actually participates in the process as the Am I going to take shelter in my home? Right. You know, there's been a lot of work done on this with a with like emergency room doctors, and how how you decide because they come in and they aren't they don't do a full history. If you right. if you're in an accident, they're just coming in and going, "Well, I'm going to yeah. do this," and they don't know you've got that condition that we really shouldn't be doing this because right. they couldn't find that out. Well, you as a patient aren't very much involved in those decisions. You know, they're going to decide we're going to do this bit of surgery. Mm-hmm. And they aren't going to ask you whether you think this is a good idea or not. <laughs> and if it's me, they just they shouldn't. They should just do it. <laughs> just do well, it. well, and and that's exactly what's what's going on. But whereas yeah. with, with the tornado warning problem, you know, if we if we put a if we, you know, that person has to actively make a decision. Yeah. With the information they're given. It's crazy. Yeah. So. That is, and it and the impact is is incredible. I mean, I remember it can, it can be. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's a, a, and we and we don't really understand. I don't think we fully understand very well how people need that information and how they can use it and right. what pa- and what past experience and information we can provide for them that will help them be ready to make a decision because that's a big part of it is if we if we tell you a tornado is coming and you don't know already what you're going to do Right. If you if you take a couple right. of minutes to think about, well, where's the best place in my right. house? You <laughs> right. may be in big trouble. Yeah. Well, plus then, yeah, and you're also under that, like you were saying earlier, you're under that stress and you're scared and whatever. It's not like you're just making a clear decision. You, exactly. You, <laughs> you, know, you think about yeah. anything you do in life when you're, you know, if, if there's stress involved, you're less likely to make a good decision. Sure. Unless you're really well prepared. Yes. To deal with that stress. You, might, you think I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about how athletes make decisions in yeah. sports because it's the same thing. You can tell the people who, you know, you look at, you know, tomorrow we're going to or this weekend we're going to get Drew Brees and Tom Brady playing against each other. You know, I don't think that that's the stress that they feel <laughs> in a situation is the same as some, you know, freshman high school quarterback Absolutely. who's playing for the varsity this yep. today. Yeah, you know, they probably go. Okay, well, this I've seen this about two hundred times. I I know the pass ought to go out to the left side. Yeah. It's it's so funny because I I've been lucky, you know, because I work at Conan. We both do, and I've been lucky enough to uh, do a lot of video game uh, events with these professional athletes. With Tom Brady, I did one with, and and uh, Aaron Rodgers, and all these guys on on these really high levels. Conor McGregor, and it's so funny because these these elite elite athletes, literally at the best in the world at the, they're, you know, at at fighting someone else or battling someone else. They are the calmest people you will ever oh, meet. Yeah. They're like Zen. They're, they're so Zen. I mean, Conor McGregor, who beats people up for a living with his <laughs> fists and knees and hands, comes in in furry slippers, joking around, the nicest guy. And then you just think, 
Wow, because they've trained themselves, like you're saying, they've trained themselves to when they step into the octagon or when they step on the field to just, they are, the preparation is there. It's all behind them and they know exactly what they're going to do. And even if they don't know consciously, unconsciously, their muscles know. Brady knows when he gets the ball, he's immediately going to look you know, and throw. So yeah. that is, it's interesting to do that with storm preparation also. Right. And, I, and I'm a volleyball official. I, oh, I've wow. Oh, I've, cool. I've officiated in 15 state high school championships. Oh, my God. That's true. Uh, wow. I've, done, I've done international uh, things that have come into Oklahoma. <laughs> what, are you, as, like, as up, a, in the, as a up in the chair? Uh, for, we don't have a chair. No chair? Uh, you oh. can work on that. We have to stand. Uh, oh. for, for for high school, yes. Uh, I'm a line judge also, so I line judge. Whoa. Uh, I've line judged international matches when they're in Oklahoma, and I line judge at uh, the University of Oklahoma most of their most of their matches. Oh, my God. And and we talk about the fact that, you know, we are trying to be the, the officiating team, no matter what's going on, the calmest people in the building. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. I, sure. I've line judged the University of Oklahoma versus the University of Texas in volleyball. Whoa. Yeah. That's and great. let's just say <laughs> that's not the that's not a calm environment. <laughs> not the clearest and, skies going into that one. And I can also I can also assure to you that assure you that one of the. Not most comfortable feelings you can have is when a coach challenges a decision that you have made and it's being replayed uh, on national television. Oh, my God. And you're sitting here going, okay, <laughs> how did I do? And then whatever happens, you have to go back to the corner. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and it. okay, that point's over. You know, I, I've, I've you know, state championship match that went uh, beyond the normal time fifth set a few years ago and it was just like oh just another point you know, I've, got a few thousand, I've, got a, yeah. I've got a few thousand people going out here for the state championship wow. in one of the greatest matches i've ever been around wow calm down <laughs> yeah and just do the, okay i i just do the normal things and, yeah and everybody else is making noise and jumping around and and so i think that's i, I mean i appreciate what they do and also what how they can the thing i didn't i don't think the thing i appreciated fully about officiating for sure was the ability to hopefully focus on the right thing. Mm. And the fact that there's all this stuff going on, well, there's actually only a little bit you care about at yeah. any one moment. And I think that's that's what I think those professional athletes are good at, is they're able to filter out all the yeah. junk going the around focus. and see that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, because they show replays, and your quarterbacks, as the commentators talking about, oh, you can see the guy come open, and I'm going... <laughs> What yeah. the heck are you talking about? He's got, <laughs> he's got like, you know, one step. That's right. Yeah. That doesn't look open to me. And then, yeah, you, you know, it wouldn't have been open in any touch football game I played in. Back yeah, in yeah, day. right. You know. Well, They've preparation, got, yeah. I think preparation is the perfect segue into our into our argument here because, you know, storm chasing, from what I understand, is are, are some of the people that kind of bring in the information for uh, for that type of thing. Okay. Uh, but if uh, why don't we take a quick break, real quick? When we come back, we'll try to convince Blay uh, that storm chasing is worth it. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, okay, today RJ <laughs> is trying to convince me to go storm chasing. Yeah. And we have uh, expert Dr. Brooks with us here. Fascinating. Also, by the way, not just a genius when it comes to uh, the weather, but also a genius when it comes to volleyball. I love it. <laughs> exactly. I love it. It's the best. Both, that's right. Um, Two different worlds. And the in the eye of the hurricane for both. I yes. love it, having to be calm. 
Dr. Brooks, before we get into the points here, just a quick, I know everyone's thinking it. We actually met you on another podcast. We were talking about the movie Twister. Um, In Twister, storm chasing is dramatized. And it's in that movie used to literally just study the inside of a tornado. Are there any other kind of uses for storm chasing? And is that even, does that movie depict it accurately? Well, I'll answer the last one. And the answer is no. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's okay. Uh, well, there's, there's really, I think, a few things that we need to, there are a few different ways that things are done uh, and that people play roles in observing storms. In many places in the Midwest, especially in the southeastern United States, there are storm spotters who are part mm-hmm. of the emergency management system, in effect, and reporting back to the National Weather Service or local officials about what they see. And forecasters may, in fact, frequently want to know, you know, we, we can, they can see the storm on radar, but they can't see what's actually going on at the ground. And the, and the, the official storm spotters are... The trained storm spotters are, are good at providing that information and answering those kinds of questions. Cool. Then we have people who, uh, I, sometimes I might use the phrase storm intercept. Ooh, uh, yeah. More than storm fun. chasing. And that may be more, and that's a, and that's a, uh, it's typically a more scientific endeavor in which we're try, trying to collect information. That was sort of what the dramatized version out of, out of Twister sure. was. We're going to try to learn about storms. Um, and, and there are very formal, Research projects that will do that. Cool. Uh, and then you get sort of out of the gray area of what we might refer to as chasers, where people are just, I'm going out to either see the storm or or to do, yeah, do something when I'm there, take pictures, try to do something. And I, I'm, I, I got old enough that I don't like the, the, the driving part anymore and, <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of traffic sometimes around storms that are convenient to me in the in the Oklahoma in the Oklahoma area. But that uh, when I was when I first before I came to Oklahoma uh, in 1990, when I first got down there for the first few years, I chased quite a bit Ooh. as a as a hobby. It was wow. not part of a formal thing, but it was very very difficult to separate out my scientists learning about how storms behave and my computer modeling of those storms from what I saw. In the field, because yeah. there were times when I'd go, I've seen this behavior in the model. Sure. Or I'd see something in the field and go, I want to go back and look at how the model storms have behaved. See how it looks. And yeah, do that. Yeah. Wow. And then you go to the further end where there are people who are trying to go out and take really nice pictures. Well, you say you, say you were doing danger. it as a, as a hobby. What I mean, it, um, is it, were you like a freelance, did you, was there any way to get paid doing it or no? You were just doing it for your I own didn't. research. Okay. I was just doing it, I was just, do, I was just doing it for the, there's, there are, back in those days when it was hard to get data yeah. into your vehicle, which is a big deal now is you can get data. Um, it, that th- there were, there were few ways that were better to hone your forecasting and understanding of storms than to chase. Because if you made a really bad forecast, you could let's just go out and drive for 500 miles and not see anything today. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. And as a graduate student, you know that gas bill. <laughs> yeah, it's in the pocketbook. You paid a you paid a real price if you weren't if you couldn't do the forecasting. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, and I can assure you that the number of times that there, there are a few things that are more fun than driving back from Iowa for, at starting at 9 p.m. and getting back to Champaign-Urbana, Illinois at 3 in the morning. Go And the bitterness that comes out in the conversations <laughs> on that drive home uh, and recriminations are sure. really <laughs> Well, this is actually a great point because this is my first point, which is uh, – Blay, one of the reasons I think we should be storm chase we should try storm chasing just on a, a fun weekend <laughs> is is uh it, it there is it seems now correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Brooks, but it seems like there's quite a bit of downtime. So b- doing this will like bring us closer together. We'll get oh. to go out there, we'll get to hang out. It's like a road trip. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like when trip. I, when I was a, I, I like road trips. at the at the, the the longer chases that we did where we might be planning to be gone for a few days. Wow. Uh, oh my god, uh, I didn't realize. Like, well, you know, we we're, hey, we're you know, the we're you're I'm not driving 500 miles each way <laughs> for one shot. Yeah, I yeah. Know. It's and yeah. so you we, we we could you could plan things out and go someplace, spend the night chase the next day and then plan to chase a system of a, a potential system of storms over Whoa. a couple of days. And, That's you know, cool. we, you had to make sure somebody had the Frisbee and somebody had the Nerf football. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can, I can remember hanging out in a, in a city park in Fairbury, Nebraska, <laughs> throwing a football around because there, you know, we, you know, we had to wait a few hours before there were going to be any storms and there wasn't, and there wasn't a whole lot of reason to move. Right. So let's yeah. just go have fun somewhere. I love yeah. It. So the, I assume, do you try to um, intercept the storms in the daytime? Is that like generally where everybody tries to get them just so you can not see Not everybody, but I do. I do. I, yeah, I, yeah. I never really liked the idea of chasing something I couldn't see. Sure. No, that's scary. And that was what, that was actually one of the downsides of on the, at the end was, were the times, and this was why the Iowa to Illinois return trip was always so awful, was you might be driving in the dark in the rain. Oh yeah, coming home, and that's you'd be. The, I mean, the biggest danger in in storm chasing is the driving. Sure, really. You wow. know, well, I mean, you're going you're going out. I mean, just think about it. You know, if you're, I'm going to go drive for eight hours today on 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 frequently on rural highways. Right. That's and true. there may be people who, and if there's rain and wind, that's a yeah challenge. Absolutely. And you may have people who, because the storm is there, they're watching the storm. Mm. And not paying attention to the, I need to be keeping the vehicle in the right spot on the road, or you know, stupid things happen. Like there was a dog that ran out in the on the the road in front of us one day that you know I had to do a panic stop to not hit the dog. Jesus, yeah, yeah. And that was a, you know, and we're we're on a storm. We're we are now. Here's a storm that we think is going to be tornadic, and it's like dog stop (laughs) and go, and then you know, and go on. Wow! Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't like chasing after dark. Is a yeah. Is just it's not I'm not fun. proposing we to do me. That. Yeah, no. yeah, no fun. No fun. No, no, no that, fun. That is true, though. You know what? You make a great point that I never thought about. And RJ, I, I, I will say that is kind of a cool thing to make it like a weekend would be fun, like a storm weekend. You know, I love a good mixtape. You know, I love a good playlist. <laughs> That's right. Well, and, and if you're and if you're if you're I mean if you're if you're chasing in the plains. Uh, (laughs) of of the u.s i mean there's actually i mean there's a there's sort of a stark beauty to a lot of the planes absolutely um if you get you know a a sunset over the over the grasslands or the tall grass prairie that's in the in the flint hills of south of southern kansas 
it's oh, it's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. You get yeah. out into out into the uh, you know the Texas Panhandle and the, you've got the Canadian Breaks and the and the Caprock Escarpment. There's some wow. there's some absolutely gorgeous Speaking places out there. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of my I mean a lot of the really good chasers are also they're, they're the best outdoor photographers I know. Oh, I'm sure. And they, oh, yeah. they essentially they essentially go into you know, if the storms aren't cooperating today. You know, they go into let's go take really, really, really pretty pictures in Absolutely. in in places, and I think that's one of the. Uh, I mean, the I I, t- I like to tell people that you know, living in Oklahoma, there are a lot of gorgeous places in Oklahoma. They're not necessarily really obvious that that they're there. You have to. There's a canyon in northwestern Oklahoma that I I really like that. You you drive within a hundred yards of it, and you don't realize there's anything there, Crazy. and you have to actually get off. It's 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 hidden just enough. Yeah. This isn't like, you know, I'm fifty miles east of Denver, and you go, huh? There's some things <laughs> sticking up there. Yeah, yeah. you got to find pretty. the Oklahoma beauty. You got to right. know where it is. Right, and and you go, but you find it, and you go, you know, the Wichita Mountains in south in southwestern Oklahoma are absolutely fabulous. Yes. Uh, they're not real big, but they're, you know, they're they're really nice, and you've you know you you got buffalo and longhorn cattle, free range longhorn cattle out there. It's it's a really, like I said, it's not big beauty, yeah. but it's, when it's you get the size there, that matters, it's not the size. It, that it's, it's 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 really nice. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, okay, so point number two, let's talk a moment about. So you're with. Point number two is the adventure, the rush feeling in the moment. So let's you're you're okay. paint the picture a little bit for us where, you know, of maybe a time when you were driving, you know, you were driving through Oklahoma, you you got to the in the you're in the middle of nowhere, and the the time has come and there is a tornado. I have to imagine that the rush you get just from that and like just the excitement is pretty palpable, no? <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you because because I talked about the forecasting aspect. When you have put that forecast out for yourself, oh yeah, and you've made that decision to go, and it's like you know when it happens, it's it's you know, a I was right. Yeah, the sense yeah. of accomplishment. I even That's thought about a that. Sense of yeah. accomplishment, and yeah. you're sitting here going, you know, this is happening, and this is a rare thing I'm looking at. Uh, you yeah. Know, the. My wife has chased, uh, chased with me some uh, years ago, and I re- and the the really the only really big day she ever chased that we chased together and saw something and probably the biggest day I ever had. Uh, we had a uh, we had it was the we saw two relatively brief tornadoes, and you had the, the you're looking at the storm. It's like it's really getting its act together now. Whoa! And this is going to be we made a a fantastic <laughs> road decision. Well, what road to get on? Because that, that's a big along. thing too, right? A big right. thing is like, are you getting Having, on the right road? Yeah, are, are, and are, and are there roads that are available for you to do what you want to do that are safe to drive on? Yeah, right. uh, this was probably the best gravel road I've ever been on in my entire life. Wow, you know, it was, and which was, I'm not sure it was the best decision. We got a little, bit of, we got some luck as to how good the road was, and that <laughs> it, and that it didn't dead end at this one spot. But I remember looking out the window, and you could see the bowl shape lowering from which the tornado was was forming and i'm oh, going man. and i and I, and this came back to what i was doing for my computer modeling i was going right. this is gonna this is gonna do it and it's gonna tornado for a long time whoa this is this is this is now 
the show and <laughs> and we were probably within three miles of it for about 35 minutes oh my Jesus. god that's, and that's amazing it was just, and it was a it was a violent tornado that hit it hit two structures its entire time so that no no ethical things about yeah getting killed <laughs> yeah. or anything yeah, like yeah, that yeah. which is you know <clears throat> totally huge and i was sitting there going i remember i told her about 10 seconds after the tornado touched down no matter how long you do this it will never be better than the next half hour is going to be i mean because wow. this is just That's and it awesome. you know we drive we'd stop for a minute or two watch it drive on oh stop for a minute or two watch it it was it was i mean I'll never forget that day as obviously as long as they live. That was almost 30 years ago. Wow, that's uh, so cool. It's and crazy there, yeah. that it lasted that long. Do, do tornadoes typically last for 30, 35 no. minutes? Yeah. No, okay. the, the, well, we, we, and we didn't see the end of it. I mean, this, this thing, oh my gosh. this thing lasted for over an hour, uh, wow. but we finally, you know, the road we were on finally dead, dead ended it into a, into a lake, which we knew it would. Yeah. I mean, that from the map, that was pretty clear. We were, it wasn't going to go on forever. <laughs> so you uh, got out and swam. But, you kept swimming but right next to the tornado. We, we just decided that was good enough. Let's <laughs> yeah. start heading home and, yeah. and rejoice in what we've in, in, in enjoy what we saw. So, cool. uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, but uh, which is why I knew what we were seeing was something we wouldn't experience again. She saw, you know, saw a few others that were nowhere near as long lasting, had one that uh, was probably the, I wish I had a, would have gotten a decent picture of it that was essentially the we were on the west side of the tornado late in the evening mm-hmm. and so uh the rain wrapped the rain falling behind the tornado between or between us and the tornado uh, there was a basically a rainbow ground to ground full rainbow wow around oh, the tornado and here's the tornado in the middle of it and you're going you know that's just drop dead beautiful. That's and even the, the the amazing thing was I, wa- I watched an interview that night on TV with a woman whose house got hit. Dang. And she, you know, she was upset. And, and then she made, and then she made this comment about, you know, it went away. It, it went away east of us because it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my oh life. Oh my God. And it just hit her house. It, yeah. Wow. Cause the tornado and the rainbow, it was like, that was a, Jeez. that's amazing. And so those, you get those kinds of things too. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Unreal. Yeah. My uh, and Now, that, I will say one other thing that, that you should, that, as an opportunity for you. Oh, please. Uh, and you can, and you can, you because you may not want to be just friends with each other. You may want to be friends with other people as well. I prefer. I'm done. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> there, there actually are tour groups. Whoa. There are, there are storm chasing tours. In there like a bus? Uh, well, it'll be a, it'll be a van. Okay. Okay. There, there are several companies that do that. Really, uh, and they, they're pretty, they're very good about the. A, they, they're, for the most part, they're safe. In physical, <laughs> in, well, in terms of physical Sounds safety, safe, yeah, yeah. For the most well, because you, you've got somebody, you've got somebody who, who's driving, and you've got somebody who's actually doing the, the storm part. Yeah, and so that driver knows it's my job to drive. Right. And the other guy knows it's my job to do the storm. Sure. It should, uh, it's, a, but, it's on a double decker bus. So just make sure you no. don't sit on the top <laughs> part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, then the they, lower but, but they also are aware of the uh, today's nothing's happening. Yeah. Oh, let's so go the, take yeah. let's go take the trip to look at someplace pretty. Yeah. There yeah. we go. That's we that's go. perfect. Uh, that's awesome. Wow. Um, OK, so, Blay, point number three is uh, and this is the most obvious point is we would be doing a service. You would not only be doing a service to me fulfilling my lifelong dream of doing this but we'd be i assume you know 
providing a service as storm spotters for the weekend, you know, and Dr. Brooks gathering data. You mean like gathering data, gathering, gathering data. data. For if we take pictures, we would yeah. send them to scientists. We wouldn't just keep them. We wouldn't hoard these pictures to ourselves. Well, depends, how some, depends how good. Depends how good. Depends. We saw a twister come some. down and split into like five parts. Yeah, you know, we take a bad. photo for everyone. Yeah. I don't know if I, yeah. for everyone, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to try to, uh, that shouldn't be a sales point. <laughs> uh, You've been so uh, great on my side this whole time. Well, you know, well, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give you, I couldn't give you a perfect because otherwise, <laughs> yeah, that that's true. Like, that's true. That would, that would, that would make it. That would make how much you're paying me for this obvious. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, uh, but, like I said, the spotters that are really important for things like, uh, for for things like the warning process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're not somebody that they know, uh, the weather service office is going to go. Who is this person calling in? Uh, uh, rightfully so, so it, especially so when it comes right. to us. We need that might even happen with me if I was in a if I was in a distant distant from where I am now, where the offices might know the name, might yeah. not. Uh, and for most of the time, one of the things that I would say thirty years ago, forty years ago, your pictures would might have been really valuable. Uh, but now when we look at things much. a lot a lot of it now is that we need the context and we need we need mm. you know actual measurement data that goes with it right. and you're unlikely to to have the quality of instruments with you to do that so that's one small thing mm. to yeah, don't don't have it. Don't do it for the service. Yeah, doesn't matter how many weather apps you got in your phone, there, <laughs> Choppa. Exactly. All right. Well, that's that's fine. Uh, that's that's think, fine. I, as he listen, shot down. I still I think I have enough here. I still think I could convince you to come there, Blair. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I will let you know my verdict on whether or not I think I would uh, join RJ for storm chasing right after these messages. We'll be right back. And we're back. Okay, so we're here. We're here with Dr. Brooks. You've been an amazing resource. Some awesome stories. So fun. Uh, okay, so Blay, we yeah. need to take a weekend. We need to go out there. We need to do some storm chasing for three reasons. One, bring us closer together. There's a lot of downtime. It's like a fun road trip. We'll be uh-huh. kind of bored. We'll play games. It'll be great. You love a road trip. I know it. We've gone on many before. Number two, the adventure and the rush of when it actually happens, right? There, it, some of these things that we heard today, it sounds like a woman's house got blown down and she still was able to say that was beautiful. <laughs> That's insane. We have to experience that. Amazing story. And number three, we're doing a great service. Not to the community, as Dr. Brooks said, but to me. Help your boy out. Let's <laughs> fulfill a dream. <laughs> let's, All right. Let's do it. I'll attack these last to first. First of all, okay. no offense. <laughs> oh, I'm about to get offended. I don't really care about helping you fulfill your dream. I did, oh. you, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I just don't. And and as Dr. Brooks said, any kind of data we would gather, nobody would want because we don't know what we're doing. We don't have the instruments for it. And rightfully so. So I have to disagree with point number three. Okay. Point, and point number two, the rush of being close to something dangerous. I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, I would love to see this up close. And yes. and uh, on the other hand, I'm very frightened. And I stay in my house a lot. That's okay. Um, and the first point, I, I agree. Yes, I love a road trip. Love making a mixtape. Uh, that would be great. Going on a storm chasing weekend. I think I'm going to say yes. I'll do All it. Right. 
Because here's the thing. Awesome. Dr. Brooks put me over the edge because, uh, you know, the story of of talking about going to see that tornado, you know, even though that was a a rare occurrence for a half hour and kind of seeing it and then being distant from it. While I'm very scared to be that close to something so powerful because nature is like incredibly powerful and amazing and dangerous, I do think... We could do it in such a way that it would be safe to us. That's what Dr. Brooks, you have convinced sure. me that we could do something like seeing a storm, a dangerous storm in a safe way. If we just did our research. Yeah. Um, so I think I absolutely. think I would do it and I will be donating to this week's charity. Awesome. Yes. The Honold Foundation. If you guys want right. to donate as well, you can go to honoldfoundation.org. Dr. Brooks, I have to ask the... The trip you took with your wife and you were with the tornado for 30 minutes. Do you have do you have a photo? I'm not asking to see it, but do you have a photo like in your house of that? Or was it no, you didn't have this one? is this is we can call this a very sad moment in my life. Uh, I wasn't very proficient with I had a relatively new camera at the time. That's me. And this the lens, exactly and the lens issue. I didn't really understand. I needed a tripod. Yeah. 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 To, to that, set up because it was yeah and so yeah no i don't that was a i, I, I think I it's better that way. i think it's better too. i, re- I appreciate i appreciate you reminding me <laughs> of that painful experience i'm glad i reminded you after t- we convinced yeah Clay. let me take that knife out of your back <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know uh, what i that is exactly me you and i are the same because i would not have gotten yeah. a photo of it either i'd be like ah, and not not be a- I mean, i've gotten pictures of solar eclipses if we want to talk about eclipses We'll come back for the eclipse episode. (laughs) Yeah, we'll bring you back for the eclipse episode. (laughs) Stare directly into an eclipse. We'll (laughs) we'll convince play. Join me. (laughs) Stare directly into an eclipse. Good Lord. Well, thank you, Dr. Brooks. This was a real thrill and an honor for us. Yeah, thanks Uh, so much. And again, uh, you know what? If we get a photo of a cool uh, weather event when we're storm chasing, we'll we'll be sure to send it your way. Absolutely. If you get out to Norman and we're able to get into our building... (laughs) that'll happen uh we'll give you a tour i love Uh, it i'm in that sounds awesome can't wait can't wait thank you all for joining us uh for this episode of course you can tune into new episodes of hear me out every wednesday please rate and review us and tell all your pals if there's something you want us to debate send us an email at hear me out hear me out at gmail.com thank you to brett kushner for producing the podcast strange hotels for the theme song we'll see y'all next week